Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Rum Round League podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. In today's episode, let's take a look back uh, briefly at the week one victory over the Cardinals, and I'll wrap up the week two exciting winning against the Denver Broncos. Comeback winner that, 18-point deficit, Washington Little World coming for the win. The team's 2-0 for the first time since 2011. I love the way they fought. Every fan obviously should be excited about the direction they're headed. Also preview the week three matchup versus the Buffalo Bills this week at home. The team we're looking to stay undefeated and get to 3-0 for the first time since 2005. I also hit a little on fantasy football as well. So a lot to get to, so here we go. So last week missed episode, uh, busy uh, planning a proposal, I got engaged, so that took some time away from my podcast for the week, but uh, if you said yes, that's all that matters, but um, you know, we celebrated it with the Broncos win, but before that, we're talking about the Cardinals game. Um, often struggled, as we know, the line played pretty, you know, porous, um, Gar- Gardick, Daniel Gardick from the, Dennis Gardick, excuse me, from the Cardinals, lived in the backfield, which usually a special teamer and he had a great game against Washington. It's obviously not what you want to see. I'm going against Charles Leno and Andrew Wiley. So uh, obviously I struggled. I struggled as a whole. Sam had some four throws. He was up and down, but he made some throws when it counted, um, showed some, you know, glimmer of what he could do in Denver, you know, what he showed. Um, and, you know, we really, they really need to get Terry and Jahan more involved. And it still kind of was the case in week two. Um, but, you know, Terry and Jahan, I think needs to be more featured, but the enemy doing a good job. The Gibson fumble obviously was bad especially in plus territory like that. But, you know, yeah, obviously it was a fumbling problem two years ago. Last year, you didn't have a fumble in the regular season. He didn't have one of the preseason, but, um, you know, he definitely obviously has to keep an eye on that. Robinson was up and down, you know, due to injury and stuff. But, I mean, excuse me, due to, um, you know, game style. Um, but as the game goes on, obviously Brian gets uh, tougher. I mean, excuse me, gets stronger. Chris Rodriguez had a couple of short-yard situations, which is interesting. You know, I think that he's definitely it would be the lead back if something happens to Brian because I think they kind of use Gibson in that gadget role almost. Logan obviously had a poor game, a couple of drops, a couple of missed blocking assignments. But, um, you know, it was his first week back after some the hamstring injury and stuff that he suffered in the preseason. O-line was bad overall, kind of what I said earlier. Again, this is a quick round of the Cardinals game. I know I'm a week behind, but just wanted to hit on a little bit. And obviously, defense won the game. That was the key of the game. This is what you draft four defensive linemen in the first round with Tez, Chase, and, you know, Duran and um, Jonathan, obviously, um, Chase didn't play that game, but, you know, you don't win that game without sweat. You know, he had a sack and a half, two forced fumbles. He was an absolute stud. You know, definitely a great start to his season to try to get paid. Jonathan Allen had that hell of a sack with one arm, basically. And Deron was a disruptive in the run game like he usually was, usually is. I thought Jamin was good. Um, he's continuing to get better, in my opinion. Um, I would like to see him play more. Cody Borden is not very good. I don't know why he's going to continue to get tried out there. And I was a continued to week two. Obviously, there was some dropped interceptions in week one. Uh, Percy Butler... Um, Emmanuel Forbes, Cam Curl, they were them tough plays, but, um, you know, definitely want to capitalize that as the season goes on. Secondary was good overall, especially against a poor Arizona um, receiving and tight end core. Obviously should have been a blown out on, pa- blow out on paper, but, you know, that's not really Rivera's MO, especially early in the season. So either way, it wins a win. And it was a cause for concern a little bit on offense, but 
you know, obviously looking back into now we have the hindsight of week two, you know, obviously it's a much, much better step. A win's a win. It obviously, is a great way to start the season with a win. So you can't really complain, um, you know, nitpick it too much. All right. So obviously moving on to the Denver game. That was huge. Um, you know, a 35, 33 overtime win. Uh, excuse me, um, fourth quarter win. Luckily, the two point didn't go in, but we'll talk about that later. Sam Howell had some dimes, man. I mean, the pass that John Bates uh, at the end of the first half was a beautiful hit him in the honey hole in that cover, um, in the zone coverage over there. Um, and it was a great play. You know, John Bates had a good catch, got out of bounds. Um, the hell of a throw to Terry, you know, touchdown, put it only where Terry got it. Obviously, Terry made a hell of a play to go up and high point the ball, like, you know, one of the better TVs in the league, like he is, top 10 guy. Um, but I love the way Sam responded. Um, he's still holding the ball along a little too much, but um, it's something he's going to regress. It's only a third career start. He's really freaking resilient and he's poised, man. Like nothing, nothing gets him down. Nothing rattles him. And, and that's something that you is really hard to find in a quarterback sometimes. I mean, not to throw a shot at Kirk, but when Kirk was young here, you know, definitely that was a problem. He had interception, he couldn't get over it and, and, and snowballed. And Sam doesn't let that happen. So um, I'm really, really excited to see how Sam develops the rest of the year. I think his team has the potential to have found their franchise quarterback. Uh, I'm not really to annoy him yet, but I, I love what I'm seeing so far. There's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some good moments, but that's what you get from a guy that's just turned 23. And I think fan base should really, really be intrigued. This is the first time this team has someone that they could least believe in and you know, have, hang their hat on to be like, hey, this could be the guy going forward. And they haven't had that really since Robert in 2012. And I mean, obviously Kirk had some moments, but I think this fan base obviously had some you know, notions with them and, you know, obviously prime time, whatever. But I think Sam's a really, really opportunity, good opportunity for this team to finally have a, you know, franchise or at least, you know, really, really capable starting quarterback. Obviously, the turning point of the game is Jamie Davis's fumble. That was a hell of a play. Um, you know, people will say he got away with a face mask. I don't really care. He grazed it. That was a great play by Jamie. He was flying across the field. I mean, you, you definitely see his speed on film and definitely see the speed the way he was. I think it was really evident against Denver. Obviously, that's a Logan touchdown. Hell of a play to hold on there. That was a turning point, too. I think even if you know, that was a fourth down play, that doesn't go through. You know, that fumbles all for not kind of as well. But, um, you know, Kareem Jackson should be suspended. The second week, he knocked out a guy with a concussion. I mean, he literally, you know, levit, I mean, jumped at all of his force, hit him head on um, with a shoulder. So I'm um, really happy that Logan, you know, obviously held on and is, you know, not too hurt, obviously, as a concussion. But, you know, hopefully he's going to be okay going forward. I love the way Nick Gates, you know, came in and, you know, tried to stir it up right after seeing Logan on the ground. Nick Gates is not going to take any BS. You know, I, I like that part of his game. He had a good game at center as well, but he definitely has that edge that you know, no one's going to mess with this team. He was he was in the face of the Cardinals defenders when Sam got hit, and he, he did it for Logan as well. So I think Nick, you know, kind of brings that nasty edge to this offense and offensive line. Uh, Bianami's play calling, man. Like, this is just definitely, I, I love the Eric Bianami effect. He should be a guy that, you know, I, I really, really like him. I hope that he's the head coach next year, whether Ron um, moves on to a front office role or retires. But, you know, EB has really set this culture. I mean, even on the telecast, they said that he changed off days. I mean, Ron is really letting him take over, um, you know, kind of a lot of this, you know, organization. So I think it's kind of trending that way anyways. But play calling was great. He, he, you could tell he trusts Sam. The screen game was great. We finally see that screen when this team is able to have. Um, all those years growing up, I remember Brian Westbrook used to kill Washington. Um, you know, trying to get to the ball. Westbrook would finally always have a screenplay to gain 15, 25 yards. And it seems like from the Andy Reid, obviously, offense. And uh, I'm really, really just happy to see that this kind of little glimpse of that in the Washington offense. That screen to Cole Turner was beautiful. You know, it looked like it was going to be a screen set up for Brian Robinson. Um, but it, and that swung the defenders. The linebackers took him away from Cole. Cole opened up and had 15 yards and almost... You know, could have took it a little longer if he didn't get tripped up. So that was a hell of a play. I really like the enemy. Uh, Brian Robinson had a great game, two touchdowns. 
he had a couple of you know good uh, plays in the backfield too. I really like Brian Robinson, man. I think he's going to be someone that can you know, be the number one running back going forward, obviously. And I, Gibson had a beautiful play on that screenplay that almost broke into the house when Justin Simmons um, tripped him up. But uh, I'm really, really, you know, excited at those two that one-two punch. I like to see Gibson get a few more carries, but you know, obviously, you know, Brian Robinson Jr. Is, is the lead lead horse right now. Obviously, Terry's catch, the hell of a high point of the ball, beautiful, beautiful play by Terry. One of the best receivers in the league. I just, I'd just i love to see him get the ball more. I think, he, I mean, he now he only has, I think, eight catches on the year, seven catches. He needs more through two games. You know, Terry's an absolute stud. He needs to get the ball more. Tackle struggled again. Obviously, Wiley and Leno um, consistently kind of, you know, they just they get beat off the edge. They, they, they lack in, um, I guess you want to say speed or spatial awareness, but definitely it's something to concern about. But I thought the interior line played really well. Sadiq played well. Nick Gates played well. Cosby had a nice game, so you know, I'm excited to see those guys building going forward. Steven struggled at first. Communication lapses that deep touchdown to Percy Butler. Emmanuel Forbes got beat deep, uh, but he, you know, obviously rebounded and had a really good second half. But defense struggled at first, but you know they ter- they turned it on. And it, it, you tell this team never got flat. I mean, flustered, and that was huge. You know, even 21-3, there was so much time. But I think it was eight minutes left on the clock in the second quarter when they went down 21-3. But and obviously we were able to make it a 21-14 game at halftime. And obviously that was huge. Chase was back, man. He was a stud. I'm really, really happy to see the way he played. You could see that get off. He has it back after, you know, the knee injury and back injury. And he did a great job. And I'm really, really excited to see him going forward and continue to play well. Um, he's going to get paid. It's going to be here somewhere else. But Chase is an absolute stud. And he's just going to continue to show it. Montez was another stud as well. Another sack and a half. I love the sack of Russ when Chase and Montez hit each other. I mean, it was a half a sack each, and that's kind of what I'm sure this team in front of us envisioned when they drafted those two. Deron Payne, that first possession off the second quarter, excuse me, the second half, you know, the the sack, run stuff, pass deflection. That's why you pay a guy like that. I mean, he literally just took over the game that series, single-handedly forced a three and out, and Deron's an absolute beast. That Jamie was all over the field. His speed was evident. Um, I'm really excited to see how he continues to grow, and I hope he plays more than Cody Barr, because Cody Barr is bad. He struggles to get off blocks, I mean, obviously, I think he's second on the team of tackles, but he's you know letting guys get five or six yards down the field before he does it. Forbes got beat, but had a great interception. If he could have kept his feet there, that's probably a pick six. You know, a rookie cornerback's going to get beat sometimes, so I'm happy to see Forbes you know, respond to it. Second day overall was good. Kendall was nice. St. Juice came up with the two-point conversion defense, even though it probably was a penalty, but I really couldn't care. How many times have Washington not got a call that way? And especially, you know, looking back at that, I think people said on Twitter, obviously, but that game against the Giants last year when Curtis Samuel got mauled and never got the call. So maybe this is finally payback. And St. Juice did a good job there to, um, you know, make the play and you know, do what you got to do. The Hail Mary, obviously, I think every had every fan base had their stomach sink. You just can't believe stuff like that. But honestly, the play before, Colin Sutton shouldn't have got that catch that was 15 yards. If it wouldn't, Russell wouldn't have made it to the end zone. So that obviously was another factor in it. But, um, you know, either way, um, they were able to hold on, and luckily they won. Uh, but again, that Hail Mary obviously made everyone kind of, you know, lose their lunch kind of per se. All right, moving on to the Bills game. Defense has been you know, been good, great for Buffalo. They're one of the best fans in the league. They've only given up 26 points in two games so far. They're stout versus the pass and run. Their D-line consists of Gregory Rousseau, Ed, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, uh, Leonard Floyd, and Shaq Lawson. Vaughn's not going to be back for this game, but that's still a formidable front four. Matt Milano, a linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the league. He has two sacks, maybe two interceptions. Terrell Bernard's another linebacker replacing um, Tremaine Edmonds, who left for Chicago. 
Javius White looks like he'll be back this week, so obviously he's probably going to shadow Terry. Christian Benford and Taron Johnson are their other corners. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are one of the better safety group duos in the league, and Taylor Rapp's their third safety right now. It's a really good defense all around. And, um, you know, something that's going to be a challenge for Washington, the toughest offense they face, CB defense they face. Matt Milano's going to be everywhere, man. Like I said, he's a top-five linebacker of this league. He's going to, you know, be vital um, to, get a, to get a hat on, especially in the screen game. Tough on the edge. Um, Leonard Floyd already has a sack and a half this year in his first two games. Um, Leonard and Wiley obviously had to step up their production. Um, Tredavious White obviously is one of the best corners in the league. Um, but after that, I think Teron and Benford can be, can be targeted. Poyer and Hyder can be really good safeties and make blue plays. They're, they're very good cover safeties as well. Um, so definitely they can probably gonna latch on to Logan if he plays or um, Coulter or whoever plays tight end. This will be the toughest test on offense they've had, like I said. The enemy will have to be on his game, has to be creative, has to do the screen game, has to you know, include the run, set up the run forward, stand and make plays on the field, and exploit matches with the receiver. I think this is the game. I've said it for two weeks now, but I think Jahan's going to have a good game, especially if Tredavious White shadows Terry. And either way, Terry's going to get his own against Tredavious. Terry's one of the best receivers in the league. And Tredavious still is. has been kind of the same since that serious ACL injury. Lack of Thomas could be huge, but um, you know I think Cole Turner's going to step up. I really like Cole Turner. He's getting better and better as time goes on. And I think eventually he might be the tight end one for this team in the future. Had to be optimistic. Can't can't fall behind. Can't do what they did in the last couple of weeks because it's going to struggle for the team going forward. Um, obviously, the Bills' offense is going to be a tough test. They average 27 points a game through the first two weeks. They struggled in week one, only giving up scoring 16 um, against the New York Jets on Monday Night Football. Josh Allen had three interceptions those game last game. But in week two, they scored 38 against the Vegas Raiders. Josh Allen has 510 yards these first two weeks. Four touchdowns, three interceptions. And obviously, he's always a threat in the run game. He's a little reckless in the run game, obviously, because he thinks he can jump over guys and play like he's Cam Newton. But um, Which you know leads him to successful turnovers, whether it's a fumble. Um, and obviously, his ball security isn't the greatest sometimes. Dalvin Cook, excuse me, Dalvin Cook's brother, James Cook's had a really good start to the season. He had 169 yards rushing these first two weeks. And really shows that he could be the future back in Buffalo. They have another two good solid backs in Latavius Murray and Damian Harris. Um, they kind of pick up the slack and Cook is out. And the receiver, obviously, Stephon Diggs, one of the best receivers in the league. He already has 168 yards. And Gabe Davis, um, he stepped up as the number two option. Not the way that uh, they envisioned last year, but I think he's going to have that better year this year. And then uh, Khalil Shakir has another slot. And Deontay Hardy, another two receivers for them. But they have combined six catches in these first two weeks. The guys they kind of look for outside of Davis and Diggs are... Dawson, excuse me, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid was a first-round pick last year at Utah. This guy I really liked. I would kind of want to watch and look at him if he made the second round, but obviously that didn't happen. And Kincaid's a guy that I think is going to be probably a top 10 tight end in this league, um, at least pass catching-wise. Uh, their line is Deion Dawkins, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morse, Osiris Torrance, who was a second-round pick out of Florida, and Spencer Brown at right tackle. So they, they have a formidable offensive line, but Washington's one of the best defensive line in the league. I expect them to make plays and be dominant. Um, we need, they need Chase and Montez to step up off the edge like they have these last two weeks to really have an you know, opportunity in this game. They have to fluster Josh Allen because he will make mistakes. Like I said, he had three interceptions against the Jets. He's a guy that trusts his arm, as he should. He has one of the best arms in the league. Um, but Washington has to capitalize on those plays. They can't drop an interception like they did week one. They could easily have an interception or two because he's going to challenge Emmanuel Forbes, St. Juice, Kendall. That's just what he's going to do. Um, the run game has been really good these last two weeks. Really a, a contrast for the last couple last couple years for them. I think James Cook is you know probably going to be a thousand yard rusher for them if he has, gets the carries. Stephon Diggs obviously will be a problem. Um, 
you know, I don't obviously watch as a shut down corner right now, but um, I expect to see St. Juice on him and just provide length and and Forbes and Kendall as well. But St. Juice has been playing this a lot more. They like to move Stefan throughout the offense, playing all three wide receiver positions, X, Y, and Z. So I, I expect Diggs to, uh, you know, probably get his own because I think he's just one of the best receivers in the league and you can't only hope to contain him. I'm good tight end combo, like I said, and Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. So Cam Crow's going to have to be his own. He's been playing a lot of Buffalo Nickel these first two weeks. So I expect to see him matched up on those two a good amount. Um, this obviously be a tough matchup and a barometer um, for how the season's going to go. The next two weeks will be. I mean, they play Philly the following week. So these are you know, two great teams, two playoff teams, two Super Bowl contenders are going to play these next two weeks. So hopefully Washington get one of them. Um, but either way, uh, I think it'll be a good crowd on Sunday. Hopefully it's predominantly Washington. It's going to be a sellout again. But Buffalo fans travel, so I think there's going to be a lot more Buffalo fans than they were in Arizona in week one. But again, hopefully it's still predominantly a Washington-based crowd. I think it'll be a good game, um, but they have to start trying to have a chance just because they can't fall behind like they did in the first two weeks because Buffalo's too good to be able to you know come back from that. Having said that, I think Buffalo's going to win 27-24, but I would not be surprised if the Commanders win. I think I like the way they're playing right now. I like the way they're being coached by the enemy. Even Ronto expand Del Rio really got the defense playing humming. So, um, you know, I think Buffalo, I'll give Buffalo the nod, but I, I'm hoping wrong. I think uh, the commanders definitely still have a chance. All right, looking at fantasy, I'm just kind of quick hits real quick. Cam Akers just got traded from the Rams to the Vikings. He could be the lead back in Minnesota in the near future. Alexander Madison has really struggled these first two weeks to take over for Dalvin Cook, who they cut in the offseason. Um, so I would you know look for a guy like Akers to come and maybe you know be a starting running back here in the next couple weeks. Um, but they have the Chargers this week. Obviously, the gruesome Nick Chubb injury. You're looking at guys like Jerome Ford, who's going to be the lead back there. And then they re-signed Kareem Hunt. Um, who eventually could take over for Ford, but obviously they pick Ford over 100 of the offseason, so I think Ford's still going to get the lion's share of the carries. They play Tennessee. Rahid Shahid is a Saint wide receiver. I'm sure you guys heard of him by now, but he's a deep threat there. Carr really seems to like him. Um, obviously, Chris Olave is a wide receiver one there, and even Michael Thomas, but Shahid's the guy that's going to come in and, you know, their big play threat, so he might be a good matchup play against Green Bay, whose secondary isn't that great outside of Jair Alexander. Zach Moss, Santana Moss's cousin for the Colts. They played the Ravens this week. He had a nice week last week, scoring over 20 fantasy points. He's another option. And then George Pickens, um, uh, he's going to be rostered already. But just a matchup guy. I think Pickens had a really nice game, 75-yard touchdown on Monday Night Football. The Raiders have a really poor secondary. I think he's going to have a really nice game against the Raiders. Um, Pickens not the greatest quarterback, but I can see Pickens at least having a touchdown against the poorest Vegas secondary. Well, that includes this Round League episode. The Commanders started 2-0 for the first time since 2011. This will be a tough test and a key barometer for the season going forward. And the Bills, I mean, just they're a really good team, but they have flaws. And I think there's a chance for Washington to come back and hopefully start 3-0. I'll be back next week looking back at the Bills game and reviewing the week, previewing the week four matchup at Philly. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman. Signing off. See you next time.